0: This is the Journey 66 book writing podcast. I'm Melissa Parks with Dave Goetz and we are your road trip advisors. You may be at mile marker one and just thinking about an idea for a book or maybe you've gone off road in your writing and you want to restart the journey. Join Dave and me as we help you buckle up and write. This week, Sean's design book, Cabinet and Camera, Creating Authentic Interiors was released into the world. When Amazon delivered my copy, I dropped everything to lose myself in its pages of both visual and written inspiration. On social media, Sean's fans, over 21,000 on Instagram, are swarming to the book and creating a lot of buzz on their feeds about it. Today, Sean is with us to talk a bit about the journey to getting his book to this spot How he used social media to promote pre sales and what it's like to be in the thick of promoting his book the first few weeks. So, welcome, Sean, to Journey 66. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Yeah. So, I have to tell a little story of how Sean and I came to know each other. It was about five and a half years ago. I started on Instagram and I had about 100 followers. And I found Sean somehow on Instagram and I liked a bunch of his posts and lo and behold, he comes and follows me. I'm like, what is this guy doing following me? He's so amazing. So I've been a huge fan of Sean's for about five and a half years and he's just, he's amazing. He's always inspired me to have a unique point of view and to live authentically and to decorate authentically. So let's dig in there. Um, Tell us a little bit about your book and what makes an interior authentic—that's the title of your book.
1: Yes, so that's a that's a big question. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, first, you know, the this book has been ten years in the making, and uh, I think that's important for people to know because I think you can get really discouraged <laughs> in the process. So through this process, the book slowly developed, or the the voice of the book developed, was allowed to develop, and only, you know, and it was really even hard to come up with with uh, a title, you know, mm. and then we finally were like, well, let's just go to the obvious, Sean shares cabinet camera with the byline, creating authentic interiors. And what that is, is just is trying to create a home um, that is truly your authentic self, but also feels very lived in and comfortable and warm and is an expression of who you are or your travels, you know, it is book filled with beautiful pictures, but I'm hoping that there's a lot of takeaway lessons too uh, right. in this book.
0: When you talk about homes that reflect one's unique experience, what does that mean exactly? You said travels, what else? Do you hope people-
1: your collections, your, your personality, I mean, uh, if viewers or followers of you, you have a very distinct personality in your interiors or your home. That's very, you know, you had definitely have a palette, a color palette. Oh, <laughs> that right. You like do you like to use a lot? So that's a real reflection of, of you. Uh, so I think every everyone's home or interior can be a reflection of of who they are. And it can be as simple as, what's your favorite color or colors to use, or what's your favorite texture? Obviously some people are gonna like, you know, florals or, you know, some Some people are gonna like solid. So it really can be as basic as starting with things like that. Uh, And then how do you display your favorite pieces, um, whether they are handed down or just bought, you know, in a setting?
0: I don't know if I read it on your Instagram page or where I read it, but I think there was somebody who mentioned that this book is coming out at a really important time when our homes are becoming more important to us because of all the time we're spending at home. With COVID, is that serendipitous in your opinion, or <laughs> how do yes, you think- I think
1: it's. I think it's it's really good timing because absolutely, I think more more than ever before, uh, people are looking around their four walls and kind of saying, "Well, we could have maybe a little more, little more personality or a little more going on in our homes now that we're spending so much more time in them."
2: Right.
0: Uh, right.
1: I mean, I think now that people are working from home and and schooling from home, I think home is taking, the environment is something that is taking on a whole nother um, added or meaning meaningful dimension for people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So when we talked previously, you talked a little bit about how you first pitched your book idea years ago. I think it was, was it like after the New York Times did an article on you about mm-hmm. 10 years ago, you first pitched your book. and. The first publisher said, not, not now, not, it wasn't good timing. So how did you, tell us a little bit about how you actually pitched your book to the publisher you went with, which is Vendome, is that how you say it? Yes,
1: Vendome. Mm-hmm. Well, through this process, I, was, uh, I had my, my friend, William Abramovitz, uh, the photographer, uh, tag along, and he would photograph my projects and homes, basically just on spec saying, you know, well, we'll eventually find a publisher. So you know, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't necess- I wouldn't have gotten this book <laughs> because he is the one that eventually made the introduction to to the publishers of Vendome. And he had done a previous book with them called American Originals. So and my home was featured in that book. And the publishers had said that my home was one of the most popular or most talked about in that book. So they were very keen already to see what I had planned and, and that's how it happened. But like you said, I went through a number of, I had a different book agent to start with and we could just, you know we never found right, the right fit and sometimes that's just it. Uh, but yeah, I was told no many times <laughs> before this happened.
0: And when you were told no, did you give up the idea? In the short term, like, well, but I'm just not going to even think about it. Or did it propel you forward more to just keep working towards that goal? Or what was your emotional response to those no's?
1: Yes. I mean, you know, rejection is, is horrible. <laughs> no one likes rejection. Uh, and yes, I mean, there was many stops, starts and stops. Uh, and there were a few long periods where I just kind of shelved it and didn't really think about it or do anything towards it.
0: When they said no, did they ever give you any explanation of why it was a no?
1: Not celebrity-driven enough. A lot of publishers just want home celebrity homes, yeah,
0: uh, yeah. or names. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it, you know, I wasn't a, a celebrity, big enough so You know, I wasn't known enough. People are just really afraid to take a chance. <laughs>
0: right, right, you know, right. I mean,
1: publishing is really so different, more difficult now. I think, but but at the same time. I think people are reading more, again, because they're home. So uh, I think books are even more kind of important now. It just was a combination of things where they wanted something that was much more, I guess, out there in the popular culture. So they felt a little more secure.
0: So when you went to Vendôme, what were some of the conversations that you had um, regarding the, the book publishing? Like, did you talk about the marketing of the book, advances, like what... Or what kind of questions did they have for you before you actually signed the agreement?
1: Initially, it was just I I went in and I gave my presentation, my pitch. I had my five chapters written out and printed out and I had a selection of images. So I basically just laid out real visual idea of the book. And during that meeting, we just really talked about the concept of the book. And uh, we didn't talk about any other issues like promotion or, or anything at that time. And pretty much in the meeting, they said, you know, we'd like to do it. Wow. So wow. then that started uh, the whole process that we're still in now.
0: From the time that agreement took place to now, how long was that period?
1: About two years, usually, when the time you sign, maybe a little less. But roughly for a book like this, it's about two-year process by the time you... You get a publisher and then you design it. A lot of times uh, for a book like this, you often also have to doc- make the pictures. In this case, we had about 80% of the book done already because we've been recording it. But a lot of times when you pitch a book, you just have a, you know, you might just have one photo shoot to show them or a few photos as ideas. And then you wait to get the book deal and then you, make the book, you know, so it's a, that's, and then you usually have to make the book in a really short mm-hmm. time. So it's like I said, I can't imagine my book unfolding in any other way because it would be really hard to document all these homes. And of course, some of these homes are my previous homes. So it wouldn't have been possible if we hadn't documented them when we did.
0: So when you went to get the first publishers that said, no, not right now, had you collected some of the content already to pitch them, or was it more just kind of an idea? It was
1: more an idea then,
0: yeah.
1: you know, we had a few photographs, but we didn't have anywhere near as much. I had people who, I had a couple uh, people in the book publishing world who actually came to my house and to the shop, to the store. So they really were seriously considering it and took the time, but then in the end, they both, they both felt like, well, they said no, <laughs> even after all that.
0: I can't believe that, but what, what I hear you saying, and I think will be encouraging to people listening to this podcast is that, you know, you, you may get no's, but the more then that gives you more time to work on your idea and actually to really refine your content and to elevate it and to even expand your thinking. So no's can lead to better things down the road. I think we talked about that a little bit the other day, how you maybe wouldn't have been able to produce the same book 10 years ago
1: correct absolutely and i mean it's hard it, it's hard to be to believe things happen in their in their own time when you're in the middle of it <laughs> but i really do believe things do unfold the way they're supposed to unfold and if you're an artist or a writer it's really important to allow that to happen yeah
0: yeah i love
2: that how how important was the fact that you had a large instagram following how important was that in the conversation with the publisher as you were talking to them?
1: I think that it was impo- very important. I think obviously the more followers you have, the more they can count on a certain percentage of of your followers purchasing the book. So I think they look at, they clearly looked at my followers. They also clearly knew other people in the industry that were following me.
0: Other you know. influencers, Sean? Yeah,
1: so they no. get a sense of what, is potential the potential is so absolutely i think so much depends on as we know social media these days even more so because of covid and not being able to do like traditional book tours and things or you know very different versions of a book book tour so so yes i think that was very very important
0: what did they say that they would do to promote the book? We always talk about like the launch week of the book is usually when there's the most to talk about. So are they doing any press for you?
1: Yes, they have an in-house PR agent and she's been working really hard and she's she's set up a couple podcasts for me already that will come out in the next couple weeks. Uh, some other press that's coming out, uh, you know, printed press. And then she is responsible to reach out to a lot of uh, the bloggers and they have said they've got a really great response so hopefully you know we will be seeing that coming up very soon right
0: right. so what i was telling dave about and this is what prompted us to ask you to come on (laughs) our podcast was i was telling him about how when pre-sales were happening you did such a great job of getting like you said other influencers other people who are fans of you to post about the book mm. on their stories specifically, mostly on stories, I think, but it seemed like there for a while, there was just a ton of buzz happening. So was, that, did you go about that like strategically or how did that happen? Like what, how did you use stories and social media for pre-sales?
1: I'm kind of new to this. So <laughs> <laughs> the publishers kind of laid out a framework of when to announce it, don't announce too soon because if you announce too soon, people lose interest so they had a kind of a schedule of like when to pro- when to publish the cover when to try to push for a pre-sales or advance sales and stuff so i did i followed obviously their advice and then i did my own my own part which was reaching out to my my real fan base or my you know my influencers and the people that that the people that usually comment the most you know that you're most in com- in conversation with I didn't reach out to anyone, even if they were a follower. I didn't reach out to anyone that I didn't have a good relationship with, because that is
0: so important. That's just not
1: me. I mean, I guess you could <laughs> just reach out to anyone, but
0: well, it goes back to being authentic, which is your book. It's just who you are. So I, I can see why you you did it that way and. I was thrilled to share it because I'm a huge fan of yours. And <laughs> of course I want you to be successful. And I think those are the type of people that you want to get on board with that promotion. So.
1: Yeah, and I think because the book is, is really, we talked about it, I really want the book to be accessible.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I don't really, you know, the one thing for my book, the more, more challenging thing is that I kind of live in many different worlds I do interior design, but I'm not really in the interior design world. I'm not deep in the interior design world. You know, I have a store and I sell antiques, but I'm also not like deep into the antique dealer world. So it's really important, I think, to do it to approach social media this way, because I think a lot of p- other people are like that. <laughs> they have multiple interests right. and aren't necessarily deep just in one subject. My book, you would think, would be great, but for home magazines, but a lot of them didn't really respond, huh. you know, cause I'm not really like an Elle Decor kind of designer and that's fine, but it does make, you know, you really have to start thinking about where your audience truly is.
0: That's interesting. So I did see that House Beautiful posted something about the book. Yes, right? Rob,
1: the editor, Robert Ruffino has been a big, big yeah, fan,
0: yes. Right, right. But that, that's a good point just because It's an interior design book doesn't mean that all the interior design platforms are going to necessarily promote it. You have to figure out the best avenues. That's a really good insight. So tell me about just pre-sales. What was your publisher looking for in pre-sales? Were they looking for a certain number or?
1: Yes. I mean, I don't have the actual figures, but I know that there was a certain number they wanted to get at by end of August. And we got to that, that goal. So awesome. that was really good. And I think the initial buy-in from, from Amazon was, was big. So that's really important. Like you said, you have to keep promoting, you know, mm-hmm. like every time it, Amazon said it was number one in a category, it was important to like post that,
0: right. you know,
1: just to get people the excitement, keep the excitement going.
0: This week, lots of people received their books like I did. And that, that's like, a, it's like, is this the official launch week this week? Yes. Yeah, so it's like in the world. <laughs> what does that feel like for you?
1: It feels amazing. Yeah. <laughs> when I received the, the first preview, the box of preview copies, it was just so amazing to see the actual physical book, but also to just see a box of them. <laughs> You're just like, wow, it's not just one book. <laughs> you know, it's like, there's many. It's like, wow, there's a whole whole box. And today, I'm actually expecting the delivery of my 250 author copies. (laughs) So I think it's really to see a a stack of your books is pretty impressive.
0: What will you do with your author copies?
1: Well, I'll be doing signings. And I will also offer signed copies to buy via my website.
2: What will you do from this point forward in terms of some of your marketing behavior or activities. So it's launch week. What are some things in your head or in your plan that you're, that you're planning to do?
1: I hope to do some more podcasts and a few and more Zoom talks. These are really important. And I am scheduling, doing some COVID safe, socially distant book signings. So I have four planned for the next um, two months in my region. And I hope to be able to go down Southeast. I, and you know, I have a couple places in like Atlanta stores in Atlanta and Birmingham, uh, you know, in Alabama that would like to do events considering what we're dealing with, you know, you can't plan too far in advance, uh, which is also kind of an interesting thing. It's, there's one thing that initially when like my book's coming out September 15th and we're in the midst of COVID, I was like, wow, this is going to just ruin it. This is going to be really hard. But in a, in another sense, it's actually made it more interesting. And it's also just taken a lot of the pressure off because I know a lot of the standard book tours, they just schedule a lot of, a lot of dates. And a lot of times, because I spoke to friends of mine who had you know, same similar books and, and they say a lot of those just don't really pan out to be much. I think this kind of more, I just wanted to really, I know that people you throw that word around grassroots a lot, but I really wanted it to be through people I know, connections I know, and and make it a little more personal and try my best that way.
2: One of the things that hits me in this moment as you're talking is the importance of relationships. And you've taken 10 years or however long to build those relationships. And at the time, it might not seem much, or it seems hard, or it seems slow, uh, and building those relationships. But now that you are in the moment of the launch, those relationships really come into play. And I think one of the principles that I hear you saying is that even with social media and everything, it's still about the relationships as you promote the book. Would you say that's true?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and promoting and, and, and everything about even the book wouldn't exist without the relationships. Anderson Cooper is one of them. I mean, you know, many years he didn't want the pictures published. So it probably, if the book came out earlier, I wouldn't have been able to include that project. He, he was so nice enough to do the forward. Uh, again, that all came through years of being patient, <laughs> also with your connections, I think it's important to, to be, to, to, I think it kind of links back to this, like letting things happen in their own time. I've always had the experience before is like, even when someone tells you no, they may come back and tell you yes, that same person. (laughs) You may not, you don't have to necessarily be looking for someone totally new. It's just at the time, it may be a no. And three years later, it may be a yes. Don't discount your relationships because you don't know what will happen down
2: the road. You really have to have a long view if you're going to write and to publish. It took me almost seven years when I wrote Death by Suburb. And as I look back, um, there were a lot of stops and starts. And yet there's this persistence of the one thing that I hear in your story in addition to the relationships is the sense of persistence. And that really is amazing to me.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: It's those relationships too. My, my friend Bill, the ph- William, the photographer, he really was there to kind of be my cheerleader too. Like when I really like shelved it and some thought this will never happen, he'd be like prodding me, you know? It's like, mm-hmm. we didn't take all these photographs for nothing, you know, so get back to it. So I think it's important to have people too around you that are, are encouraging you to, to push forward as well.
0: That's, that's fantastic insight, fantastic. David, well, it reminds me of when you did Death by Suburbs. I mean, you were rejected by your first publisher, right?
2: There's a whole story there that I'll tell sometime. Uh, but yes, and and there was a time in which I walked away from it and thought I'd never publish. And then all of a sudden, it came back again. So your story actually is really true. Uh, I resonate with that a lot. The, the 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 comment that you had. Sometimes you're rejected. And then three years later, something happens, you know, yep. And the persistence is so true, just on a tactical, just really tactical level, Sean, what are you doing now on social media, on Instagram? How are you using it differently or maybe the same now that you have a book out and you're in the middle of launch week?
1: Because the book just arrived in people's mailboxes and is still a lot of people did receive it on its publication date, its release date but a lot of people still are getting, are waiting them. So I did a lot of reposting of people's posts, which I think is, is really important because that gets, so people posted pictures. Oh, I got Sean Share's new book or they posted, you know, comments. This is a great book, you know? So when you get that type of thing, it's important to keep that going. So I did a lot of reposts in the last two days. Uh, And then I did two posts, of course, about the book in my own, uh, you know, Instagram counts. So uh, I'm just going to keep doing with that, you know, doing with that. And then I know there's some, there is some important press coming up in, especially in England, that's going to be coming up in the next couple of weeks. So when that gets released, uh, it's obviously important to promote that. So any press, any, any of the Zoom talks that come out, it's just really, really important to keep that out there. Uh, so I'll just keep continuing to repost and continue to post stuff about the book now that it's out through basically through the spring
0: so i'll tell you how that works so i posted quite a few stories about your book and i actually used the swipe up function and i had quite a few people respond to me like i just bought the book i just bought the book so that's that's the value i guess of you know having your fans <laughs> promote the book for yeah. you and all of a sudden extend the reach but also i was going to just chime in, like, I know that I invited you to do an Instagram live event, and there's a lot of um, enthusiasm about doing that. And that's, I think, another way that you can probably use Instagram. Has anybody else reached yeah. out to you about Instagram? Yes,
1: live? Um, Susana Ordová, oh, She's good. based in Mexico City. And then through Vendome Press, I'm going to do an Instagram or live stories with them. So yeah, all of these platforms are, are really important. And I'll pretty much say yes to any anyone.
0: <laughs> well, that's a, that's a great principle. Like, you just don't know what's going to come from even a small engagement. You know, it could lead to something great. So that's a, that's a great insight.
1: Yeah, because you don't, you know, like for instance with, with you, it's like you, we might think we have the same audience, but we don't. Right. You know, there's a lot of people that follow you or there's a lot of people that follows this person and that person. So if they repost the book, it may be the first time they're hearing about the book, right. right? So you have to think of it that way too. That that everyone has their own their own group of following, or everyone has their own kind of you know favorites. Right. So the more you can get people to spread the word, the the better.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it's really a gift that you're living in this social media world, actually. I mean, if it was published 10 years ago, I think we talked about this a little bit, you wouldn't have had the gift of social media during COVID.
1: <laughs> no, no, you would have really had to, to rely on on print media.
0: <laughs> right, right. It's a whole new, different piece. Well, I think that that's a wrap. Dave, do you have any other questions?
2: Just one more, which is, are you thinking about something else? Is there something else on the horizon?
0: What's next after this? Because usually book projects like this make you think that, ooh, I want to do this now. Maybe it's another book. Maybe it's a TV show. Maybe it's a, who knows? I don't know if that's what you're getting at, Dave.
1: And I would say, yes, yes, yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm open to, I went in with this To A lot of people had that question. Well, what do you want out of this book? You better write goals. I'm open to seeing what actually happened, what comes to me and i think that that's really you know too to be important be open to whatever comes to you yes i'd love this book to to lead to another book one of the things that people always comment is is my vignetting they love vignettes so i thought a a great book would be just you know could be a book and it could come straight from my instagram account it could just be a book of the vignettes store vignettes but i'd also love this book to be you know i really wanted it to be didactic. I wanted it to have some, you know, lessons. So I'd love this to maybe lead to, to classes, you know, like this book could be a textbook and I could teach it because I've been an adjunct professor for 16 years as well. So, but I don't have any self-determined, you know, determined ideas of what it should lead to or goals that like, if I don't reach this, I'll consider it not successful. So I, I'm
2: just open to everything. Yeah. I love
0: that idea of like a course, a cabinet and camera course, I would take it.
2: (laughs) I could see it as an online course. To me, it's a slam dunk for an online course. But one more thing. So in your contract, and I think this is important because I think other writers want to know about this, is there a first writer refusal in the contract with your publisher so are they interested in what you might do next and do you have to pitch that to them first before you can send it to other publishers? I do
1: not believe
2: that is in my contract for the next,
1: for you mean the next book, a follow-up book. Yes. I do not believe, I just don't believe I saw that in it. I would obviously go to them first but I think I'd be free to pitch to anyone. I mean, I didn't have, I definitely don't have a, de- a book deal, you know, like
2: one, two, three books. Right, right, right. Like a multi-book deal.
1: Yeah, no. And I don't know if that even, I mean, I guess that might happen with really big, <laughs> big names, but I don't know. You might know that more of that in the publishing world, if that even exists, the kind of multi-book deal.
2: I don't you know. know if it exists in, the, in, in that space. I do know it exists. Uh, you know, you're right with bigger authors who, you know, can sell 100 200,000 copy books that go, hey, let's do a two book or three book deal. If there's a 1% of, of, of authors, you know, who get those types of contracts, the rest do not. The 99% yeah. do not. Yeah.
0: Well, I am certainly cheering for it to become a bestseller, your book, and just cheering you on for the next great thing to come your way. And I'm so grateful for Thank you. you sharing your experience with us and our listeners. I think your honesty just about the process is hugely encouraging. So thanks so much, Sean. And thanks for listening to our listeners. I'm Melissa Parks.
2: And I'm Dave Getz.
0: Now buckle up and write.